Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. More on realignment and expansion from the Husker angle. We welcome in Brady Oltmans at Brady Oltmans on Twitter. And uh, be sure to follow Brady along with great commentary and obviously the effect Nebraska will have with this and uh, the matchups that folks want to see in college football, volleyball, baseball, basketball, and beyond. Brady, what's up, man? You uh, been busy today? Yeah, what's uh, what's going on for you guys? Anything happening in your in your lives lately? Yep, uh, two more, two new neighbors, two good looking neighbors, and um, Nebraska <laughs> able to uh, to smile and, as Dolman put it, just sit back and relax, count their money. Been counting their money. Any word from Nebraska brass yet? Either Coach Rule or Trev or uh, or Teddy Ballgame? Uh, I haven't received anything yet. Uh, as of now, uh, there's been no official statement by Matt Rule or Trev Alberts and Ted Carter, who serves, uh, represents Nebraska on the Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors as of the, the region's vote back in June. Um, so he voted, he would have voted to approve Oregon and, and, or Oregon and Washington's induction into the Big Ten. His office has not returned comment to me yet as of this time. But um, I'm sure with uh, with Husker football practice going on tomorrow, Matt Rule will be asked about it. And I'm sure that there's no uh, there's no shortage of things that he'll he'll be excited about uh, from that angle. Um, it, it gives them plenty of opportunities, and that's what he's big on is, is opportunity to play in the game. Brady, I asked the same question to Bill, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Who do you think that the big winner of the day is today? There's a lot of options. There's the, the Big Ten with what they add in football. There's the TV partners of the Big Ten with what they can potentially add in terms of revenue. You have Oregon and Washington. And finally, last one I added is, is Big Ten baseball as a whole. It just got a lot better with the addition of uh, four teams, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. Who do you think the big winner of the day today is with this news? Um, I think – I mean, it's multiple prongs. I thought my initial reaction was uh, baseball, volleyball, softball, all those, you know, all of those sports, the Big Ten just bolstered its, its you know, notoriety. And obviously football is the big driver, but you have it, – it all goes beyond all of this. An effective August 2nd, 2024, Oregon and Washington will become full-fledged all-sports members of the Big Ten – uh, obviously, it helps them both. They'll take partial revenue shares at first, and then they'll be full-fledged uh, Big Ten media rights members at you know on their next media rights deal. And I will say, I just got a statement yep. from Nebraska that today marks an exciting moment for in the history of the Big Ten Conference and the University of Nebraska. The landscape of college athletics continues to quickly evolve, and adding Oregon and Washington further establishes the Big Ten as the preeminent conference in the country. Uh, these are two great institutions with highly recon- recognizable brands that expands the conference footprint to the Pacific Northwest. Nebraska has a large alumni base on the West Coast and the region of the country to watch the Huskers compete on a more regular basis. 
So it, it goes on to obviously welcome them and, and speak highly of, of what the two respected institutions create within the Big Ten. So, um, and that comes obviously joint signed by Ted Carter, the new chancellor, Dr. Rodney Bennett, and the Trev Alberts, uh, vice chancellor and athletics director. So big day, uh, and it seems like every moment, every minute, there's something new coming out of it. So there's a lot of winners, Elijah, I'll put it that way. Brady, a thought with uh, Nebraska as we dial back from expansion to the week that's been and uh, things kind of started off with the the Miles Farmer news. Nebraska's continued to grind away with camp. Lots of good insight from assistant coaches, coordinators specifically, and then players. And, And what is, I guess, your question mark after week one or what what did you take away that I that impressed you most after week one from hearing from who we've heard from that's defensive line that's some linebackers that's uh wideouts uh, that's coordinators that is guys that have reshaped their body I mean it's been a, a really good line of folks to talk about how things have kicked off well, there's a, there's a couple that come to mind right away. Uh, the defensive line, just the way that they look. I mean, a commonality that we've heard so far is the strength and conditioning staff, uh, the uh, the impact they've had on everybody. But when you talk about the defensive line in particular, they look stronger, more agile. They're not as, as bulky. Their mobility, that transfers over to the offensive line as well. But specifically, you know, Nash, um, Ty, Raquan Buckley, we heard from him, Blaze Gunderson, all of them spoke very highly. And um, the Terrence Knightman, uh, Coach Tony White, both of them have high thing, high compliments, big things to say about that defensive line. And I am uh, wrote about this. It'll be tomorrow on Hale Varsity. But uh, one thing Marcus Satterfield did was he challenged, and the coaching staff challenged Jeff Sims this summer to make this football team be, take take ownership of it. Like if you're going to be the quarterback in his huddle, and Marcus Satterfield is a cru- on a crusade for the huddle, you got to have the the quarterback take leadership of that room. And Jeff Sims feels like he's done that, and in no uncertain terms, he is Nebraska's starting quarterback right now. There's no competition to be had. And hearing him work with the receivers, the receivers hit him up to take extra reps, to work outside of practice, to catch balls, to to build a relationship, you know, between him. Billy Kemp, Marcus Washington, and Xavier Bett specifically, uh, those things stand out to me. So I give you one on defense, one on offense, if, if that helps you out any. Brady Oltman's with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Brady, as we discuss the first week of camp, let's combine the last two talking points with camp and with, with conference realignment, the Big Ten expanding. Do you think the importance of this upcoming season for Nebraska just got cranked up to 11 with the, the importance of getting something rolling before four new teams, potentially even more join the conference next season with how much more difficult the conference slate is set to become? Um, this might sound like a cop-out, Elijah, but I'll work my way up to it, okay? <laughs> um, basic, basically, talking with other coaches within the Big Ten Conference, um, people don't know what to think about Nebraska now. They didn't have the big turnover within the portal like, say, a Colorado did or other, you know, other teams, they didn't hit the portal as heavily. They built a big freshman class. Their class of 2023 is, is big and full of athletes, but nobody knows how many of them are going to contribute right away. And people are just kind of unknown what to think about Nebraska this season. I think it is important for them to get the ball rolling and show that proof of concept that they can do something. 
but where other coaches, I'll, I'll put it this way, where other coaches take notice of Nebraska is 2024, 2025, when UCLA, USD, Oregon, and Washington are now part of the conference. Even other coaches take note of Matt Rule's ability and what he's done, how quickly he gets teams moving, and considering Nebraska's resources compared to where Temple and Baylor were before, they are all incredibly bullish. I can tell you firsthand from hearing them speak, they're all incredibly bullish on what Nebraska could be and fear they will be in 2024, 2025. So I, I do think that there's a certain, an extra onus on getting some sort of something out of this upcoming season. But for all intents and purposes, coaches are, are ready to throw out this season because they're preparing for the next couple of seasons under Matt Rule. Brady, what's happening with Nebraska on the recruiting front? Well, they're they're really building for 2025. Um, you've, they've, they're still going to recruit 2024 heavily. Uh, if they have any big time big time guys come forward, like Jay Sean Ross, apparently, uh, you know, the big guy from Liberty North in Kansas City. There's been some shift in the waves, and he's. I've heard today that he is kind of turning favor and is giving Nebraska a lot more looks than he probably was a couple of weeks ago. That's big news. I mean, he's a really talented edge rusher, quality athlete from Kansas city. If Nebraska can lock him down, I think this is, this is the moment where Nebraska kind of regroups in this dead period focuses on getting some of those premium four-star guys, three-star guys that, that can see the proof of concept on the field close them for 2024 while also building relationships for 2025 kids because they I mean they're they're trying to get up like a rocket on 2025 and with two big in-state targets and commits already uh, they feel pretty good about the foundation and where they're at timing wise right now Brady what can you tell us about Brandon Baker I know he uh, locked in an official visit with Nebraska that weekend of the Northern Illinois game obviously the home opener for Nebraska what can you tell me about the recruitment of Brandon Baker I know it's an uphill battle for Nebraska especially against new conference foe Oregon what where is that recruitment trending and how do you feel about Nebraska now that they've locked in that official visit for the fall well Anytime they lock in an official visit, you have to feel good about it, especially if game day visit. I mean, I, like all of these recruits, they just seeing, I, I think I say this every time we talk about this, guys, but seeing a Husker game in Memorial Stadium is almost an irreplicable thing. Mm. Very few programs even come close to that atmosphere, packing it in and the, the game day feeling of that. I think that's a big selling point, especially for a kid like Brandon Baker, who's been to Nebraska before he's visited. He knows what the coaching staff is like. He knows their energy, their relationships. He also knows the history of the offensive line at Nebraska. And that really appeals to him to see firsthand that fan interaction. And then again, to see the proof of concept, to see the offensive line cohesion, and then to see how offensive linemen work in a game setting it could go a long ways. Uh, I'm, I'm not bound to say that he's a lock-in for Nebraska by any means. That's certainly a, a tall hill to climb when you're going up against the Oregons and the, the Alabamas and the, the Georgias and the big-time programs like that. But as, as long as Nebraska's in the mix right there and still getting official visits at, at that point, you, you can't really scoff at Nebraska's chances to land a guy like that. Well, you're now playing and recruiting against a team in your conference. <laughs> I was I was going to say uh, historic uh, perennial Big Ten power Oregon. Oregon, right? Yes, huh? <laughs> I love it. Uh, this news just in from Adam Rittenberg and Matt Fortuna. Uh, they are reporting the Big Ten members Oregon and Washington going to enter the league at a reduced revenue share of around thirty million dollars. Wow! 
fifty percent under. Honestly, if it's that thirty million. Well, the the take home seventy per Big Ten team right now. Yes, yeah, so that's under fifty percent. Yeah, and they're going to increase by a million each year during the current media rights deal, and it's seven years, eight billion, right? So the most they'll max out at is at thirty seven million dollars. Wow, that's a discount. Well, it's still seventeen million dollars more than Apple was going to pay you. Mm-hmm. But Brady, I mean, think yeah, about it, like man. The- We're going to have to to pace ourselves if if there's a an off Nebraska week. And we, we kick off with the 11 a.m. and we got to make it and stay upright till 1 a.m. with the uh, Big Ten after dark. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and like uh, the, the Oregon president bring said, me water. Take that reduced share. <laughs> they're they're going to take that reduced share, but then they will be full, you know, full fledged. Uh, they'll get the full payout on the next Big Ten uh, media rights deal, which, from everything that I've heard today is they'll should, they should start negotiating that three to four years from now based on uh, – it could be expedited now with the official vote, but three to four years is what they're looking at for when they actually go back to the bargaining table and get that going. So, is it, man, it's it's a lot of numbers. Is it $8 billion? Is it $10 billion? The next round, is it lower than that? Should something I just thought about? Reaction show starting at 1 a.m.? No. Oh, it's going to happen. We'll talk to you in the morning. <laughs> Brady, we'll talk to you this weekend over a cold one, all right? Well, I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me.